the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru. Boys, Bears lost again. They literally snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was jumping up and down when we had that fourth and 11, just beautiful pass to Marquise Goodwin, who finally had his best game as a bear. And then it just gets ripped away from you within minutes. By a guy whose name I already forgot. All right. <laughs> So, folks, you can find Jack Wright at Jack Wright, or I'm sorry, at J Wright BDR. You can find Patrick Sheldon on the fan sided network. You can read his stuff there, or you can find him at P underscore Shells. Brennan Chagru, he's at Bears Wire. He's at the Midway Minute. He's at Bear Down Report. He's all over the place. You can also find him at Brendan Chagru. I'm going to spell out his last name, folks, just because nobody can. You either you know how to spell it or you know how to say it. You don't know both. So that's S. U-G-R-U-E, Shagru. And folks, thrilled about this one. We've got a very special guest with us, the founder of the Midway Minute, Kevin Kaduk. Wonderful guy. Thank you so much for being here. Kevin, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm, uh, I'm sort of excited to talk about the Bears, but also not really. All right. <laughs> well, well, Kevin, let's, let's pop right into it. Your thoughts, your overall thoughts on how this game went. Why, why did the Bears lose? Look, I, I, I've been a Bears fan for almost 40 years. I've watched a lot of losing football. I've seen them lose games in a variety of ways. This game seemed like it took like every single way they could lose and ran us through every single emotion that we've possibly ever had as Bears fans and somehow like mashed it into to 60 minutes of a 16 to 13 loss to the Ravens. At one point, I was sitting there, and I was like, why are we sitting here for three hours watching this? I felt bad about it. And on the other hand, I was like, well, you know, they're getting to the quarterback. They're sacking They're sacking the quarterback. Here's a couple of great big plays. I'm winning, well, <laughs> I'm winning my prop bets. Why am I having a bad time? <laughs> and yet, at the end, the Bears proved why I was having a bad time because that was not a game. I don't know if it should not have been close, but that was a game the Bears should have won. Kevin, if you do the 30,000-foot view uh, of this Bears season that's three and seven, if you if you were to target one or two things that you think are the Achilles heel of this team, what, what would you say is their biggest downfalls? Obviously, one is the coaching. We, we saw at the end of that game, at least the fans that were present at Soldier Field did us a huge solid and really voiced, fire Nagy, fire Nagy. I'm really glad that that happened. So obviously, we know that coaching is an issue. But obviously, I think just looking at this roster and the way it's constructed, there's no depth. Um, you know, Ryan Pace may walk out of this saving his job because he is Virginia McCaskey's, uh, you know, uh, extra grandson or great grandson, <laughs> right? He's an honorary grandson. Yeah. But you know, and, and yeah, he's hit on some, some late picks and yeah, that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, this is not a roster that is going to compete this year, next year, maybe the year after that. 
And obviously we like to get optimistic about the bears. Um, that's what we do. We get optimistic, we get pessimistic and we're very uh, bipolar, but right now you look at this, they're three wins. The Houston Texans have two after beating Tennessee today. Uh, they're, they're down there with, you know, obviously the, the Jets and Lions are worse, but not that much worse. Do you think, you know, of any of those teams that I named right now, do you think any of those teams are close to competing? The answer is no. So why would we think the Bears are close to competing? Uh, it's just that kind of game today. We wanted to feel really good after that Pittsburgh um, game, which we felt like the officials took from us. But at the same time, you know, the, the bad first half had a lot to do with it and, and the, the defense crumbling when, you know, all they needed to do was make a stop. Had the defense made a stop today, it would, you know, they would have been all right. Um, so it's just tough. I'd say that there's a lot of things wrong, but I think when you, when you ask me that question, it's coaching and, and roster construction. Kevin, do you think there's any way that Matt Nagy keeps his job after this season? Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And I, I think that if there's any positive today, it, it, it really laid any, it really kind of wasted any doubt that we had that, okay, maybe he might be able to survive this with the run and, and Brendan actually put together a nice newsletter for Midway Minute during the week saying, hey, look, you know, Nagy is kind of known for these these runs. He's put together some nice three-game streaks, and I don't think that's happening after today, um, you know, for, for any variety of reasons. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see it. To me, the biggest, bigger question is, does Ryan Pace keep his job, and does he deserve to? And I've I've not been a, a really big Pace backer. I know there's a lot of people in the Bears fandom and Bears Twitter who are for Ryan Pace. To me, he's been here seven, eight seasons, and wh- what do you really have to show for it? No playoff victories. You don't you don't have a roster that you know. He doesn't really understand resources. We've given away so many picks. And that, that all adds up when you, you, you're looking at, okay, why is Kendall Wilder out there uh, manning one of the quarterback positions? That shouldn't happen. I have one quick question. And I, I don't know if we're really going to talk about it today much because it's outside of the game, but obviously the Bears didn't have Khalil Mack, Hakeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, or Allen Robinson. Kevin, in your opinion, out of all four of those guys, which ones are coming back next year, do you think, and which ones are definitely gone? Yeah, uh, Khalil Mack, I think, has to come back just because just because of the money, uh, which I think is fine. Akeem Hicks, obviously, definitely not back. I don't think I don't think that's a luxury that the Bears can really afford to have anymore. Um, Eddie Jackson, I'm like right now, my uh, I'm slipping on what his contract situation is, but it's not great. I mean, you gave him big money and and that didn't come through. Uh, it's just tough. You know, I, I actually like, I mean, I love what the defense did today. Obviously they weren't facing a great defense with, with Tyler Huntley uh, back there, but that was a depleted and hurting defense and Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn said, look, we're going to lead these guys in a battle and we're not going to leave uh, really anything on the field. And and they did not and, and they held, you know, they, they had that team really kind of in position to win until that last drive. So to me, that was a little bit uh, heartening to see. And and maybe they'll really keep showing up for these last seven games and give us something to watch. Um, But at the same time, it's just like, if you're on this defense, like, wouldn't you be really pissed off right now that, that you're, you're, you know, your head coach isn't putting you in a position to win. 
Well, Kevin, we know that your time is valuable and all the things you do with Midway Minute. So I've got my last question here for you. With the remaining schedule, what are you watching with this team? What, what are the things that you're hoping to see or, mm-hmm. or the things that, you, that you're going to be watching when we've got this very bad football team in front of us? Well, I think obviously we were waiting to see what, what happens with Justin Fields, and, and now he's got this rib injury, and, and hopefully it's not broken ribs. Hopefully it's something that's um, maybe just kind of a bruising. And yeah, if, he, if he holds out against uh, Detroit, maybe, maybe that's good. But we really need to see development from him. And before he got hurt, uh, we didn't see a lot today. I mean, it was a little bit concerning. He didn't have um, gr- great stats. I think it was, what was it, four, four, what was it, four for 11, 79 yards. Uh, the play that he got hurt on was probably his fault because he really could have dumped that off to David Montgomery had he seen him. Uh, you know, instead, he held onto the ball and put, him in a, put himself in a position to get hurt. That's something he really has to learn. So I, I, obviously we want, we want to see Justin Fields, but you know, can we see Cole Komet kind of, he had, did not have a great game today. Can we see him continue to grow? Uh, we didn't see Khalil Herbert at all today. Um, I, I guess he had one rush for, for zero yards. Uh, is he someone that can really step up and, and take the mantle from, from David Montgomery? Uh, we, we want to see Tevin Jenkins get up there, Larry Borum. There are pieces there that can really, you know, be part of the, the bears going forward. But like I mentioned before, they just still need so much more help go, uh, going forward. Folks, that's Kevin Kaduk, the founder of the Midway Minute. And you can find him at Kevin Kaduk. That's K-A-D-U-K. Kevin, any parting words, anything else that you want to share with us before we send you off? No, I would say, uh, you know, the Midway Minute, Brendan writes for it. I think he's having a good time. He's been a great, great uh, addition to it. And for anyone out there who doesn't know about it, it's a daily Chicago sports newsletter. So it's not just the Bears, uh, but it gives you all your Chicago sports news in um, just, you know, just a, a few minutes each day. It's, if you read the Morning Brew or, or newsletters like that, it's kind of like that, but for Chicago sports. And you can check it out at midwayminute.win. Uh, and I appreciate all your guys' support and what you guys do um, is really awesome, too. So uh, keep up the great work. Kevin, thank you so much. And take care of yourself, all right? All right. Have a good, good one, guys. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, Ryan. Uh, so it wouldn't apply to me because I've already pulled out all my hair after today's game. But let's just say hypothetically I didn't and I was looking for a trim. Any suggestions where I should go? Well, you can go and see my guy, Will, at Sheridan's Barbershop. He will trim that very sexy beard that you've got going on, Shells. So I'm just saying, you know, it's, it is a full service barbershop. So, you know, Will will hook you up. And Jack, Jack's about to, to, to experience Will for the first time. So I am stoked to hear about that experience. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 67 years. With five barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they've got appointments available to book online or by phone. Give them a call, 630-668-0137 or visit sheridansbarbershop.com and book it up today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, we got Kevin's breakdown, but you know what it's time for, boys. The best thing of the week, here it is. It's time, Brendan's breakdown. Let's hear it, baby. The Chicago Bears returned from hibernation with an aerial attack coming from the Baltimore Ravens on the lakefront. But before the game, the Ravens said, 
Excuse me, Lamar Jackson. Ooh, but how do you feel? Never mind, you look very sickly. Guess we should just start Tyler Huntley. Huntley went down harder than the Chicago suburbs outlet mall, getting sacked six times on the day. But when he did have time to throw, he found Mark Julie Andrews floating through the gaps in the field to move the ball. On offense for the Bears, Justin Sally Fields crash landed on his ribs, exiting the game in the third quarter. In comes Andy Dalton, who promptly fires a screen pass to Darnell Mooney, who could go all the way to the moon for a touchdown to take the 7-6 lead. But the Ravens responded with a field goal from Justin Chris Tucker, who said, Do you understand this ball that's coming off of my foot? Dalton had one last gasp at him, though, launching a deep ball to Marquise Goodwin for the go-ahead score with just under two minutes ago. What a good win the Bears were about to have, am I right? Quote the Ravens, nevermore. Baltimore drove back to steal the win with seconds left from the Bears, winning 16 to 13, dropping the Bears to three and seven. He's so good. He's so good at that. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Dude, I, man, bravo, Brendan. Bravo. Very good. Very good. That was hard to write after that game. I'm not going to lie. I had to like, you know, cool off because I was. I was hot, man. <laughs> okay. Can, can we just talk for a second? Brendan and I, I think, have completely flipped places. The 49ers game broke me. And, and I mean this in the truest thing. And when I say this, folks, I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating. I have always been the, yeah, sure, I'm going to root for the Bears you know, to lose so they can get a higher draft pick. And in my heart of hearts, I'm always thinking, nope. I want the Bears to win. I want the Bears to win. I can never, never cheer against the beloved. But in this game, I got Brendan upset because I was genuinely hoping that the Ravens would come back and win because I want Matt Nagy out of here. I want him gone. I just like, please leave immediately. Look, I do too. I really do. I'm not a Matt Nagy fan, but I can't root for losses. I just can't. We have 17 of these football games a year. I want to see my football team win. So, yes, when the Bears are coming back and they fire that deep ball to Marquise Goodwin, like I legitimately was jumping around and I was excited. And when Ryan was sending, just peel behind the peel back the curtain, <laughs> Ryan's sending these expletive filled texts because the Bears are about to win. I want to fire back at him and be like, man, shut the F up. Like, this is a Bears win we're talking about here. This is the team that we root for. A week. I know we want the coach to be fired, but can't we have a winning team at least and you know get this win, but still realize that the coach is the problem because of all of the issues that happen? And I understand, but some teams do that though. There are some teams that are smart enough to realize that even if you win a playoff game or even if you're above 500, maybe this isn't the direction you want to go. But I, it's just so hard. And I'm not going to tell people how to fan. I'm not like that you do you, I'm going to do me when it comes to that stuff. But for me personally, I can't root for a loss. And so after seeing that happen and then seeing the Ravens drive all the way down because of a stupid pass interference penalty from our POS second corner who shouldn't be starting, and then you just blow that game. But from Tyler Huntley, who's thrown 16 passes, like this is what happens. The Bears come out of the bye. They lose to a backup quarterback. It's it's like clockwork. And I just thought for once we weren't going to get that. And clearly we can't have nice things. So maybe Matt Nagy gets fired after the Lions game. I don't see it happening. 
after this game because of a short week, but I, I just can't root for losses. That's all. I'm a hundred percent with you. Almost always in any previous game, I talked about it. I think on the Irish bears show the other night, it just, it goes against my brain to root for losses. If I was playing or if I was coaching or if I'm watching the Irish or if I'm watching the bears, it seems counterintuitive to try to root for your team to lose. But I'll tell you today, I was blatantly rooting for them to lose once, once Justin went out. And I think, I blame the Bears. They put us in this position, guys. I mean, it's so bullshit because in what bizarro universe do you have to root for your team to lose so you're more likely to have the coach that everybody knows should be fired actually get fired? I mean, in any other city, in any other franchise, do you think that they're – do they deal with that? Because I don't – I'm not sure if there's a situation quite like this. And it, it does suck, Brent. I, I fully agree with you. I, it felt weird for me. It feels weird when they do like pop a big play and all of a sudden you're supposed to be like, oh, I'm supposed to be excited about that. That that was good. Now I feel like I betrayed them, you know, but I, but quite honestly, like he, he needs so desperately to be gone if that takes losses to the Ravens against their backup quarterback and, and, and maybe to the Lions and their backup quarterback, then so be it. Jack, you nailed it. If if I had any confidence that the Bears organization was competent and could see the forest through the trees and understand that despite Justin Fields progressing, despite flashes from the offense, despite a few victories here and there, that, like you said, Brendan, Matt Nagy still isn't the guy, I'd feel better about rooting for this team. But I don't have the confidence in the Bears organization to do that. And I'm watching the game today in the context of that propaganda piece from Ian Rappaport that was clearly put out by uh, Nagy or, or Pacer, his henchmen, where they talk about this is exactly what, how they wanted this thing to develop with Fields, which is the biggest pile of horse shit I have read in, in months, right? Like to think that you plan for Andy Dalton to get injured after denying Justin Fields the opportunity to get snaps with the first team all preseasons so that you could insert him uh, in the Bengals game. Like in what universe did this work out the way you had planned? So stop with the nonsense. Okay. And I said it last week, I was worried about how Matt Nagy would spin this narrative or Ryan Pace. I said, pay attention to the press conferences. I fear that, or not fear, but I I think I take some comfort knowing that I don't think he can do that anymore. I mean, I think today's game put the final nail in his coffin. Hopefully, I know we say that every week, but hopefully this is it. Because, I mean, what what else is left to say? What else can you say in support of Matt Nagy coming back next year after today's game? I am going to actively cheer for the Bears to win against the Detroit Lions because I hate the Detroit Lions. And... I, I think that's one of the few games that they legitimately can win that's left on, on their schedule. Uh, but Brendan, I believe me, I, I promise you, I do know how you feel because I have always been the guy that even though like it would help draft position, whatever else, I'm, I can't cheer for the Bears to lose. But when I tell people that I had a breakdown at the San Francisco 49ers game, I mean it. I shifted. I, I want to see this guy gone. I want to see a competent coach that can bring in and, and actually help develop Justin Fields and whatever it's going to do to make sure that Matt assure, assure that Matt Nagy never touches this franchise ever again, then that I want to see him lose out if that's what it's going to take. I want to put this stat out here. I tweeted this and I want to make sure that people really hear me when I say this. 
give Matt Nagy one more day than seven days, right? You give him eight days or more, and he is two and 12. One of those two wins came against the Detroit Lions in the home opener last season, in which you had to have Mitchell Trubisky with some fourth quarter heroics when they were losing almost the entire game. The other one came with the totally beat up Carolina Panthers. And how many of these these games that they lost to backup quarterbacks? That is a Abysmal. He he overthinks. I don't know what he's doing. The game plan was atrocious. I don't know how you survive. What, what was it? A, a a four game losing streak two seasons ago. A five game losing streak last year, and now another five game losing streak. I mean, again, I, and, and we we could go through all, all the mistakes after timeouts and all the mistakes after commercial breaks. And there, there are so many tangible ways. It's not just a bunch of guys sitting around, you know, bitching for the head coach's head. This is real. I mean, this is not just like, you know, fire this guy because we're a bunch of tchotchkes who thinks he needs to be run out of town on a rail. He just truly is really, really a bad coach. There's no doubt about it. And that's real, Jack. And that's, that's real. That's real. Thanks, Ryan. I All just right. threw up in my mouth. So let, let, we, let, we talked, Matt Nagy, we talked holistically about this team. Let, let's get into the game itself. Overall thoughts on how you feel like this game went. We're going to go Brendan, Patrick, Jack, and I will finish it up. I think Kevin actually really summed it up, kind of what I was thinking. Like, you're watching this game. The Bears are clearly in it. And you feel like, okay, a touchdown could just open this thing wide open, but you're kind of like, what am I doing with my life right now? Why am I watching this crap? Because even against a quarterback like Tyler Huntley and you know what credit to him, cause he balled out when he needed to, but still like you were getting a guy who didn't know he was going to be starting until this morning on Sunday morning, when they said it, when Lamar Jackson was sick and clearly he could not handle the pressure either. Everything was in your hands to win this game against the defense that gave up the most passing yards. This was set up for a shootout or at least a Justin Fields explosive game. And you saw none of that. You saw a running game that really was non-existent. We went back to 2019 and early 2020 Matt Nagy football, where you're just going to abandon the running game, but you're still not going to have effective, at least you're not going to have positives in the passing game, really. I mean, it took one screen pass to really get the whole offense going. And that was, thank God, because the tight ends actually did their job. But other than that, aside from that last, last possession they had, really, what was there to look at? So I don't know. I'm just confused, man. Uh, I'm confused as to why I'm I'm doing this some more. I think you guys, we've talked about this so much. Like, why why are we spending our time watching this? And if you can't see, if Ryan Pace cannot see after all of this I don't know where I'm going. I'm rambling right now. If Ryan Pace can't see what was going on today with all of the issues, pre-snaps, coming out of timeouts, not knowing whether you should go for two, it's basic math, people. I mean, all of that. How can you have confidence in your head coach to get this thing right? And I don't know, finally, I don't know if you heard Robert Quinn's press conference afterwards. Yes. That was a man who was P.O.'d. He was pissed off all that because he gave his heart and his soul in that game. He had a tremendous performance, and he was pretty much undermined by his head coach because he cost him the game. Guys, I, I know I like to do themes about the games. Today's theme for me was inevitability. 
uh, <laughs> I was watching that game with my oldest son and I felt awful as a father because every time the bears did something positive, my son got so excited and I wanted to get excited with him. And I sat there thinking a loss is inevitable. And, and I, I couldn't bring myself to get uh, excited or hopeful that the outcome would be different than what I thought in my head, because I just knew the bears would find a way to lose this game as they have year after year after year. And I, I, I agree. I don't know what we're doing every week, watching these games, thinking, of it, there's going to be a different result. Like what's the definition of insanity repeating the same thing over and over and over again, expecting there to be a different result. And there just isn't. Uh, and I've gotten to the point where I'm just kind of numb at this point. Uh, it, apathy has, has apathy set in a while ago. It has taken firm hold of me. Uh, and I don't know that it's going to let go until Matt Nagy's gone. Like when Justin Fields went out of the game, I know I texted you guys, I didn't give a shit about this game, if I'm being honest. And I don't give a shit about any game going forward in which Justin Fields isn't under center because there is nothing to be gained from this season watching Andy Dalton trot out there and win a couple of meaningless games the rest of the year. There is That, that does no good for the rest of this season or next year or the year after. So uh, that that's that's my take. Hey, hey Sheldon, how, how excited was Mike North and Hub Arkish when Andy Dalton trotted out there. Oh my gosh, man! I I, I think I got poked in the back of his uh, in the head from his excitement uh, all the way from Chicago. I mean, my goodness, those two guys. You know, <laughs> I hope they I hope they enjoyed what they saw. You know, Andy Dalton uh, two hop and a pass to Darnell Mooney for crying out loud on an eight yard <laughs> out. Um, yeah, man. Too bad we didn't get to see more of that this year, right? The, the the Goodwin toss, Goodwin was so wide open that me, busted shoulder and all, probably could have gotten it to him. And then Darnell <laughs> Mooney ran 64 yards. I, I I don't want to take anything away from him. Dude has been a good soldier, but like, please, like, please stop praising him, please. I really just wanted to drop the bomb on Twitter and just run away, like joking, but be like QB controversy and then just run away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 201 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, I, what did the red rifle piss in your Wheaties shell? I mean, you had a good game. I don't know what your problem is. Like, let's find some positive, guys. Let's be positive. <laughs> no, you said it numb. I mean, you really did. I, I was thinking numb. I was thinking ambivalence. Uh, I, I, I can't remember a time in which I just sat and watched a game and felt so little. It was zero to zero forever. I was so bored. I'm tired of watching this shitty team play shitty football. Uh, this is honestly the last thing I'm going to say. I watched the first drive of the Kansas City game and was more excited in that one drive than I was the entire game watching the Chicago Bears. And I don't like feeling like that watching my team anymore. I think I just feel like I feel like really hurt, like I got broken up with and I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe that's a foreshadow for later, but yeah, it is bad. I'm going to read off a text message that I got from Jack Wright during this game that was not in our text chain and is just so perfect. I'm honestly just getting so tired of watching this team. Boring period. Shitty period. I, <laughs> I honestly, okay. I'm, 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 I was watching my daughter. She's, she's about to be five months old. She started laughing at certain times. And honestly, I just kept thinking to myself, 
man, it's like 52 degrees out. It's sunny. It's going to be one of the last one of those in Chicago. And I got this beautiful little girl that's just smiling and laughing, just thinking, oh man, I just could not care less about this <laughs> God awful football team. I've taken down my bears flag that was out in the front of my house. I, I, I'm the only guy that's wearing a, a Bears jersey right now as we record this, um, and I'm still going to cheer for this team. I'm still going to watch every painful minute of this team. But as I said earlier, I am emotionally disconnected. They can't bring me back. It's not going to happen. The only way is if some crazy win streak started to happen and people started talking about playoffs again, which can we just know? Just people talking about playoffs. I Hey, I love the three kings of the midway. I love those guys. But DeVore said that the Bears were going to win 10 or 11 games. DeVore, whatever you are drinking, whatever you are smoking, please hand that stuff over because it must be really, really good. Uh, overall thoughts on the game was I... I this is the, this is what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and Ted Phillips and the McCaskies have done to me. I was actively rooting against a team that I have been cheering for my entire life. That's it. Those are my overall thoughts. I I'm, I'm just, I can't wait for Matt Nagy to be no longer the head coach of the Chicago bears. All right, boys, it's time to go to the outhouse and then the penthouse. Before we go to the outhouse and the penthouse, we need to give our shout out to our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. If you're thinking about buying, or in this case, if you're Matt Nagy, if you're selling your home (laughs) in the Chicago area this next year, maybe perhaps, I don't know, bald head coach might be wanting to get out of town. Visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties can help you out. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most something Matt Nagy doesn't have. Visit GenevaJeff.com today or call slash text Jeff directly at 630-254-4734. Man, I just sound so much better when Brendan says it. All right, boys, let's go around to the outhouse and then we'll come back around to the penthouse. I think that penthouse is going to be a little barren, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, outhouse, let's go. Jack, Patrick, Brendan, and I will finish it up. I'm going to go a couple of just like kind of quick hitters. And if you guys want to explicate and tease them out later, you can. First of all, uh, my the first outhouse is uh, is headset guy. I'm going to call him Rick. I mean, who is this guy? Who is this guy to, to not get that headset set for one of the top head coaches in the league? That guy, Rick, <laughs> he cost us the game. And Rick, do your job. <laughs> Wrong coach, Jack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bill um, Belichick says that. Oh, okay. So, uh, real quick, then the, the 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 not jamming Andrews off the line again. Football one on one, one of the best tight ends in the league. You should probably jam him off the line and maybe not give him a pre release. Um, Romo sucks. When he started, I thought he was pretty good. I don't know what the he is like. He's taking crazy pills or something. Now I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. I don't know what Matt Nagy said to him before the game, what kind of snake oil that guy sold him. Cause he was like all in on the bears. And I was just like, I have no idea who the frick you're talking about, Tony Romo, but it's not these Chicago bears. Like where's this positivity come from? I, it, it was super weird. And then it's just honestly, the punt return nonsense. I'm just so, so tired of it. Like get away from the ball. 
<laughs> get away from the ball, would you? Again, there's like three things in there that are like coaching like failures. But overall, it really is the outhouse is just the Bears offensive game plan that you mentioned, Ryan. It's almost as if like at first, you know, they're, they're, they're really moving the ball with Gates. And then at some point, like maybe like when Nagy's headset actually worked, he clicked up to laser and he said, wait, wait, like, did we say we were going to run the ball or did we say we we're going to feature Gates? And, and somebody's like, no, we, we said we were going to run the ball. So then like in the second quarter, they, they actually started running the ball. There's only one thing that you're good at on offense. One thing. You're fifth in the league at running the ball. And you went five drives, four punts, one missed field goal. You ran 57 plays and only held the ball for 21 minutes. You rushed the ball 20 times. The game plan for today was simple. Run the ball, run the clock, play action pass, win the game. It's as simple as that. And they... They couldn't have dropped the ball worse than they did, in my opinion. Oh, wait, I just realized I was saying Gates. I meant Grant. Grant, you caught a bunch of passes early on. Sorry about that. We get your frustration, Jack. Thanks. (laughs) So I I think I've got the perfect candidate for the outhouse, and it's the double deuce. Kendall Vildor, number 22. Right? Who more appropriate to be in the outhouse than a pair of deuces? Awful. I mean, I I think I could have put him in the outhouse just about the last four weeks. Um, But this week, especially, (laughs) he just looks lost out there. He does not look like an NFL caliber uh, starting cornerback, let alone the number two cornerback that that should be playing on the Bears defense. And I don't understand why, and this is a systemic problem under Nagy, but why they cannot recognize additional talent on their roster or even potentially elevate other players to give them a shot and see what they got. That's what the rest of this year should be about. Like Thomas Graham, can we just, can we not see what he's got? Is it, what do we have to lose? Like, why not? Marquis Christian after the first game, he just seemed to fall out of favor, but why not? Who he, nobody can be any worse than Vildor right now, but we continue to stick with these same guys over and over and over again uh, without, without, you know, maybe trying something different. And I don't get it. Um, again, it goes back to, we, we just keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So uh, Mr. Vildor, you are in my outhouse this week. You know what? I'm actually going to jump on that Tony Romo train with you, Jack, because Thank you, sir. that was very interesting. And it's very interesting because a month ago, he and Nance were doing a game against the Buccaneers and Bears, where obviously the Bears got clowned. And they were joking. They were making jokes about the Bears. But suddenly, Tony Romo comes to Chicago, and he met with a certain general manager who also went to the same college as him, Ryan Pace, And I bet Mr. Pace, who also is an accomplice in this because he was the one who did it, but he was, he probably said to Tony, listen, Tony, um, we need you to say good things about our team, our football team, because we're getting a bad rap out there. And he's probably like, yeah, Ryan, I got you. I got you, Ryan. We're good. And just him like holding the jockstrap of the bears all day long. Like even the most optimistic bears fan has to be like, what are you doing, man? Like, do you not see what we're seeing? <laughs> That's a great catch because you right. They, they verged on straight, like unprofessional. I thought when they covered the last bears game in the comments that they were making, I, that, that's a great catch. It really is a great catch. 
it's it it's just weird. So I'm sure Ryan said something to him. They were going back on their college connections. So I thought just the manipulation, I feel like, of the Bears with the media. You know what? I'm replacing Tony Romo and I'm putting the manipulation of the Bears with the media in my outhouse. I'm clearly scrambled here, but that's that's where I'm going with my outhouse. You're flustered, mainly. and I don't blame you. You're flustered, and it's totally, totally okay. Thanks, Jack. I needed I needed to hear that. Sure, man. Sure. We're we're giving you a virtual hug right now. Brendan, because you need it. Bring it in here, guy. Bring it in. Thanks, guys. I'm also like low on sleep for a thing I'll talk about later. It's a surprise <laughs> mention. <laughs> oh, that's a great tease. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, my outhouse, the Wildcat. <laughs> what? What are you? What are you doing? On hey, fourth down. <laughs> twice, twice, the Wildcat was like, "Why is this? Why is this in here?" Justin Fields looks like he's found a rhythm. You know what we should do? I got it, guys. Let's run a wildcat and then a toss play. That sounds like a really, really good idea with a quarterback who's starting to find a rhythm. Man, this coaching staff is just so good at football. Uh, And then, yeah, on your side of the field, like fourth and one, like, what should we do? What should we do? I don't know. What should we do? Should we call a timeout? Should we get a penalty? Should we call a wildcat? I don't know, guys. It's a mixed bag of just, I don't know. Outhouse. And then of course, just really quick, just because I want to make sure that there, there is no question about it. Matt freaking Nagy. God, is he in the outhouse? It was a brief moment where I had that that, that, that debate now that like just makes me feel nauseous, honestly. Well, I wonder if Matt Nagy is calling plays again or if, and then I just stopped myself and I said, do I really care? I mean, cause it doesn't, doesn't no. matter anymore. Who is because you're getting the same inconsistency. You're still last in the league in offense, whoever's calling it. All right, boys, this is going to be a little bit trickier. We're going to go around the same way that we just went penthouse. Who's in your penthouse. So, I mean, I'm going to probably steal game balls, but I mean, Quinn, I mean, the guy, five sacks, I'm sorry, five tackles, three and a half sacks, three tackles for losses and four quarterback hits. I mean, besides Roquan, there was nobody who was as nearly as impactful and he truly did. I feel like he, he left it all on the field, which is a, you know, kind of a cliche thing to say, but it truly looked like he was like, you know what, I'm going to be done with this game, have nothing left in the tank. And you know, I, I always say I feel rightfully so. We were very critical of him. He he has now deserved the opposite. He's deserved the credit for being a defensive cornerstone right now. I think he and, and Roquan have played very good defense in that show today. He's in my penthouse. I almost feel uh, I almost feel bad doing this because I feel like I'm probably going to take the last potential candidate for the penthouse. Um, but it's luck of the draw, guys. Sorry, I draw number two. And uh, so I'm going to go Roquan Smith, uh, who, who, in addition to Robert Quinn, were the only two bright spots in my mind of today's game. Uh, you saw some of the frustration at the end of the game, that last series when Roquan Smith came off the field. He continues to demonstrate his leadership qualities on this team. He appears to be one of the few uh, on the team that that really seem to be bothered by the continued um, – losing right it just it seems like for some of these players it's just kind of set in and they're already thinking offseason uh not Roquan Smith hell of a game today 17 total tackles 13 of which were solo uh he just continues to to be all over the field 
busting his ass, playing hard every day. He's a throwback. He's the kind of guy that you you could envision on this on, on some of the Bears defenses of yesteryear. Um, I love the guy. I hope we resign him to a long contract because he deserves it, and we deserve to continue to watch him to play in the blue and orange. Had 17 tackles today, 13 were solo. He was uh, he was a fourth in the league with 93 going into this game. Tackles only behind Wagner, Perryman. Uh, oh, boy, you guys are going to have to help me. Atlanta, Foyaside, Olokun. Sounds good. I mean, okay, Atlanta's good. barely a team now, so who That's knows? That's true. That's good. So I barely have to know his Nobody name. in Atlanta's listening, Jack. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I mean, 17 tackles. And... and you're right. Hotlanta is not listening. That's good. <laughs> All right. Since most of the defense was covered, I'll give them an honorable mention because I saw some people calling for Sean Desai's head. And yeah, that last drive was bad. But you know what? They held the Ravens offense to 16 total points, made Tyler Huntley's life a living hell for most of the game. And I will, I was pleased for the most part with what they did to him and what they did to the Ravens offense. So just honorable mention, but for my penthouse, I am actually going to go to the offensive side of the ball and I'm going to say Marquise Goodwin. I was thrilled that we finally got to see Marquise Goodwin do something like, you know, more consistently than just catch one ball a game. Like this is a guy who I sound like Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy. This is, <laughs> this is a guy who he's, I mean, he's an Olympic sprinter. He's, he's got just an inspiring story or heartbreaking story really with just, you know, his children and you know how much he's, he's come back from, you know, losing so much. And I just, I want good things for him so badly. And I was super impressed with what I saw from him in camp. So to see him, he had four catches, 104 yards. He, of course, had that touchdown where he was wide open. But you know what? I'm really happy to see good things happen to him. And just finally nice to you know see him break through in week 11. It sounds a lot like our all of our penthouses have been game balls. Uh, and so I might as well just continue that trend. And so, gentlemen, we're going to skip game balls for tonight. And I'm going to give it to Darnell Mooney. Um, Darnell Mooney, for some odd reason, sat on my bench uh, in fantasy football, which hurts really, really bad. And honestly, I, I thought I was starting him, but you know what, whatever I didn't five receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I know that he wasn't great. He had a couple drops, but he also, he, he had a couple instances where he had a chance at some poorly thrown balls. Andy Dalton threw some bad balls and there was one on the sideline. You guys know what I'm talking about where he one handed, he only uh, almost OBJ the, the catch, um, but he didn't really have much of a chance because the ball was just kind of put in a terrible spot and he almost had an opportunity at it. This is going to be a really good number two or number three receiver uh, on this team. If, if a coach can kind of turn it around. And so Darnell Mooney, not a perfect game, but I thought a decent game. And so, uh, he is in the penthouse for me. Like I said, boys, we are going to skip, uh, the game balls. Cause we've kind of already done that. All right. So Sheldon, it sounds like you've got one more addition to the penthouse before we get out of here. Let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah. If we're not doing uh, game balls, just an honorable mention to the penthouse. Um, my wife's sausage balls. And if you guys could hold your giggles for a second, I really mean that. I'm not speaking euphemistically. Uh, she made terrific sausage balls, which were the highlight of the football game today using the red lobster uh, biscuit mix. You guys mm -hmm. have that? Um, and sausage, phenomenal. So 
Um, hit me up for the recipe, but honorable mention, penthouse sausage balls dynamite today. How yeah, do you yeah. not just sit here and think about sweaty balls? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it went right. Like, mm, I can't wait to get my mouth around your balls. It, it was, it was going to be, who's going to get it to it first? I was thinking the exact same thing. Who was going to get to it first? Jack, you, you got it. <laughs> Only dipped them in one sauce, Shagru. That's oh, what oh, I wanted sure. to know, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> but I am intrigued by the lot the red lobster biscuit mix. Like the, yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. So did you put in powder cocaine or crack cocaine? Cause that's, that's, <laughs> that's what's in those things and everybody knows it. Right. Right. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So folks with Logan being gone for the extended period that he's going to be gone. And, and again, for all that, that maybe are kind of checking in, checking out his job is a little bit, all over the place right now. And we don't know how long he's going to be gone for. So we've been so fortunate to have Patrick Sheldon in. And now that we know that it's going to be more than just a couple weeks here, we're not going to do Logan's bets. We thought, well, Sheldon's the only guy that doesn't have a, a thing. He doesn't have Jack's questions. He doesn't have Brennan's breakdowns. So we've got a, a chance to have a moment from Papa Sheldon. So folks, I'm excited. Our first, well, official Papa Sheldon moment. So I'm going to pull up a chair with Virginia McCaskey and I want to have a quick one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I've talked to your son in the past on this show, but I feel like it's time for us to have a heart to heart. By all accounts, you seem like a wonderful woman. Everybody says you're uh, absolutely phenomenal, just the sweetest lady. And I have no reason to doubt that. People also say that you deeply love this team. Prove it, prove it tomorrow and demand that your son fire Matt Nagy. Your son's incompetent, Virginia. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be harsh, but uh, realistically, the only reason he puts his underwear on correctly in the morning is because the instructions are laid out for him on his bed. Uh, I have no confidence that that guy can do even the most menial tasks without being handheld along the way, likely by his buddy, Ted Phillips. I don't want to hear about power structure. I don't want to hear about uh, organizational structure. I want to hear about the matriarch who in the past has been pissed at the performance of this team, uh, do something about it and, and actually take action. Okay. Uh, I've been a bears fan for 40 years. I come from upstate New York where no bear fan should come from. I've grown up with this team. I've lived and died by this team and I've grown tired of this team. And I think a lot of fans can say that we're disgusted by the product we see on the field year in and year out. Yet we hear the same platitudes and nonsense come out of Hallis hall about how deeply this family cares about the bears and how heartbroken they are and how pissed off they are at the results. Yet we don't see any action. And I understand that you don't fire coaches in the season, right? Now's the time. Okay. <laughs> like Jerry Seinfeld said to George, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite must be true. If everything you've done in the past for the last 30 plus years has been wrong, guess what? Maybe the opposite is true. Try something different. It might just work out for you. Papa bless. Wow. <laughs> Papa shells, man. This, I, like, I, I felt that one. That's, and she is, I don't know if you guys saw that, Like, she is an adorable, adorable woman. Like they, she, it was one of the, the long touchdown passes they showed her and she was looking around and clapping and smiling. You just think, oh, that's wonderful. You know, just, but man, yeah, I felt, I felt that one right, right, right here. All right, folks, time to get to Jack's question. Jack, what do you got for us this week? I'm wondering if uh, you guys could talk a little bit about a moment that you had, uh, maybe a date or a breakup 
that was super awkward uh or you know you just like completely dropped the ball in some way so a date a breakup uh something that was uh just super excruciatingly awkward so i would say around 10 years or so ago i was dating a woman for several months and it was just starting to feel like there was no fire left we had made plans to go to devil's lake state park which is a personal favorite of mine gorgeous Ryan, i know you go up there. yeah you go up there and, and you climb and it's the only place like around here that you can go to and not feel like you're in the midwest and this is a really beautiful spot so even though i you know was not like necessarily all in with uh, this uh, woman to say the least i didn't want to cancel on the devil's lake trip so we drive all the way up there it's a good oh two and a half hours or so uh, we we spend the day hiking and walking around and then i just have this thing i guess that's just real like man stupid where i will just decide i'm gonna tell somebody something and i just and i just go i just go right into it and i was like okay well this is the moment and i was like listen you know i don't see us going very far in, together you know like i've really appreciated the time we spent you know kind of like the typical like you know breakup so <laughs> we get in the car and we're driving home again it's two and a half hours and at some point in the middle like through the deafening silence she turns to me and says like really matter of factly but totally like proper you know if you're thinking about breaking up with a girl in the future maybe don't bring her two and a half hours to a state park <laughs> break up with her and then drive home afterwards <laughs> i was like yeah, noted. Yep, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. I'm how, an idiot. I apologize. How did that not run through your brain? Like, wait, I'm gonna have to sit in the car with this girl that I've just broken up with. For it's it's longer than two and a half hours. It's only closer to three hours. That's true, Ryan. You know me. When I get something in my my mind or my head, sometimes, and I'm just done, then I'm just done, and I'm like, what? What is it? Pop smoke and get out of there to use Papa Shell's terms. So that's what I did. Brilliant. That's that's pretty bad. All right, I'll go. I uh, I, I got one. I got one for each. Basically, breaking up and getting broken up with, and I'll keep I'll keep them kind of short. But first one, my first girlfriend I ever had, I broke up with her through email. Ooh, <laughs> that was pretty rough, and I pretty much just like never heard from her again. I can't figure out why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the thing was, she was so hard to talk with. Like, I just, we could not like communicate or whatever. She was like, oh, I like communicate. Like, you know, we send emails back and forth. This was a while ago. And so I just said, screw it. This is how you want to do it. I'm going to do it too. And one of her like mutual friends was like, dude, you broke up through emails. Like, look, that's how she wanted to communicate. I'm sorry. So I was like, I don't care. And I pretty much never talked to her again. The story of me and i i've honestly i've only broken been broken up with like once or twice but this one was like the most prominent it was my college girlfriend i just graduated from college and she was still in there for a year and we were seeing each other over the summer she comes to my house to visit for fourth of july we hang out like you know the first night everything's great we see our friends and she's like you know what i don't think this is working out 
And I was like, all right. And I was like, well, I was sad. Like, you know, I, I really was like into her or, you know, we had some issues, but like we were working through it and I was like, okay, well, so what time do you want to leave tomorrow? And she's like, what? I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, what do you mean? You're going to leave, right? You're going home. She's like, no, I thought I'd stay, hang out with you and your friends. Don't make it awkward for 4th of July. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? And so this woman who I was friends with from college before we dated, she stayed the entire next day for 4th of July. I could not get her to leave. And I even was like looking at her. I was like part and I'm going through a bunch of emotions. Like I was like, do I like kind of want to get like try and get this work? And the other part of me is like, I don't want you around me. And so she got really drunk late, late at night. We're driving home. I don't care about saying this part. We have to pull over. She's puking on the side of the road. And my, we, we had also, sorry, this is an important detail. We had not told people that we had broken up. She was like, don't make it like, you know, I just like, let's just have fun. Let's not make any drama filled. And then I was like, you know what? This is stupid, but whatever. I'm not going to see you after this. And so one of my friends in the car is like, dude, help your girlfriend out. And I'm just like, she's not my girlfriend. I just let her puke. Damn. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. So (laughs) I can see well, how you'd feel like that though. Cause that awkwardness had to be like super high, you know, like what, like, oh, what yeah. are you doing here? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You and know? she was and, very friendly still. Like we were still friends. I'm like, you're giving me mixed signals here. Cause now I'm thinking like, maybe we should get back together. And yeah, it was a bad, it was a weird 24 hours, man. I'm, I'm going deep into the archives for this one guys. Um, so after sixth grade, I left my elementary school went to one of those fancier schools in town that I ultimately regretted, but that's a whole other story. But we had access to a computer lab. And so you have to understand my age, like computer labs were a huge deal uh, at that point. And uh, we had a, a school dance coming up and I got the idea of printing out an invitation on our com- school computer. But it was one of those, if you remember those DOS printers had the paper with the holes on the side and it would make that like really awful noise, you know, every time you printed a page yes. and it would print like, like four pixels per minute. And so I, <laughs> I got a hold of the printer. It was my turn. And I printed out, do you want to go to the dance with me? And it took like nine and a half hours to print out ultimately. And I folded this humongous banner up. It was like 40 feet long. It was just the worst. And I brought it uh she was friends with my next door neighbor and i brought it over to her and uh got a really like fast no like open like the first page and gave me like the quick no all right so um i just want to say megan haggerty if you're out there uh how does it feel that you missed out on the opportunity to be with the fourth member of the bdr podcast right right you tell her you You tell her (laughs) live with that yeah stewing that for a while I am in the dating world oblivious, just just awkward, bad, just I, every once in a while I look at Kate, my wife, and I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, is, is this is this working out for you? And uh, so, you know, rewinding back somewhere in my 20s, I don't remember when I see this girl at a bar that we used to go to all the time. And I'm like, she's really cute. I should go, I should go say hi, you know, do something like that, you know, buy her drink. That's what I'm going to do. Right. That's what, that's what I see in in movies and TV shows. I'm so bad at this. I'm admitting that I'm bad at this. 
And I see her and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Get a little liquid courage. I walk over. Hey, I was wondering if I could buy you a drink. And I look down and she is nursing a fresh beer. And I mean, just like, I think she's taken maybe one little sip off the top, but that thing is brand, brand spanking new. Right. And then she does the thing. She slides it across the table to her friend and she goes, I would love it if you bought me a drink. And I think, oh my God, I'm in, this is it, right? Like, this is what it's supposed to feel like in order to, you know, to do this. We start talking, we start talking and eventually I'm like, all right, it's time to go in for the kill. Hey, can I get your phone number? She goes, sure. And I go, really? I couldn't, I couldn't contain it, not keep it in my head and try to play it cool. I said, really? Uh, and she said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. Who's in confidence? (laughs) So, so yeah, I, I I called, I I texted and and I didn't hear back from her. It was the strangest thing. Yeah. I can't, can't figure that one out. (laughs) It was so hard. There's a long list of dangle failures in in relationships, uh, and, and dating. And so it was, it was hard to pick just one. Uh, so maybe we'll have to revisit this one. We definitely do. There's, there's a lot more stories I'm thinking of now. So this would be a fun one to rehash every, you know, when the bears make us sad again. Yeah. I got (laughs) locked in a trunk once. And so we'll have to save that one for, for another time, uh, on a later, a later date and time, just a little, a little teaser. All right, boys, it's time to get out of here. It's time to give shout outs. Uh, We need to get out of here. We got some people to thank before we do. So let's get shout outs. Let's go Patrick, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. Yeah, so real quick, I got a a general one and a specific one. Uh, Just in general, just a a shout out and a thank you to all the people who follow me on that crazy thing called Twitter. I don't know why you do, um, but thank you for continuing to listen to my nonsense and be my therapy sessions week in and week out. Uh, but specifically, I want to shout out Ryan Heckman uh, from Fansighted. Um, it, you know, he uh, is the one that kind of brought me on board to Fansighted and kind of kicked this whole thing off for me. And so without that opportunity, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to be here with you guys chopping it up every Sunday and having a blast in the, in the time of my life. So um, shout out to Ryan. He's putting out some great content over at the Windy City. So uh, go give him a follow. He's at Ryan Heckman FS. All right, I got a couple. I'm going to give a quick shout out to Butkus Stats and Analytics, or also known as Quentin Crisco, I think. He's always gone by Butkus Stats for so long, but this guy, he writes for Bears on Tap. If you're not following him and checking out his content, you're missing out. Like he does so much with the different stats and literally analytics. It's, It's all in his name, but with different Bears games and NFL games quarterbacks, running backs, you name it. The stuff he puts out is incredible. So I definitely want to highlight him and please make sure you're following him. If you're not uh, Rob shorts, uh, similar at another fan side of network, uh, shy Ruxin, BG BGO. Uh, he is just an incredible dude. He runs bear goggles on and he's just a great follow. Always, always great to like, you know, go back and forth with for bear, bear stuff. I know he does a lot there. Um, I know technically like we're all com- websites really but um I, I really appreciate rob and uh, i think he's doing a great job there and same with ryan as patrick said and finally i have to give a shout out to my beautiful wife agnes because uh if you haven't been able to tell i have been a little scatterbrained i've been like you know sleep deprived a little bit because we just adopted a brand new 
just awesome seven week old puppy. So uh, yesterday that was uh, coming through. We haven't really announced it yet. So you're hearing it here first, but her name is Bailey. She is a little fur ball of energy. She's awesome. Uh, we're really happy to have a pet back in our household uh, over the last few months. It's been tough. And uh, Agnes has been doing so much. I mean, she's doing it right now while I'm, you know, dealing with the podcast. So um, just a shout out to her. Shout out to my little new little puppy. She's adorable. She's awesome. But she's, you know, just like I said, crazy for a ball of energy. I have a little uh, pup over here, Cooper, whose ears perked up when you heard about your Bailey. So later on, maybe they'll have to, they'll have to meet, have an awkward date. Shout out to the Sycamore High School football program. Their season came to an end. They did make it to the quarterfinals, but they were beat by Fenwick uh, this this past Saturday. But just a really incredible season, and it was really fun to uh, to follow them and have have a team that you know with a player that you know. My son, number fifteen, Jack Wright, on the team. So um, so shout out to uh, the Psycho Spartans. And then I've got to shout it out to the Irish Bears show who had me on earlier this week. And we had a great time. Uh, really good dudes. Uh, talked with Ant, talked with uh, Noel. And uh, they are, besides being good guys, they, they know they're, they're bears. <laughs> they really do. And so I, I think we have all appreciated those instances in which we're talking to folks that substantially know the game and and the bears and we can tell pretty fast when people are just bullshitting and don't really know the game and they're kind of just like talking out of their arses um but it's great and i also found out that um aunt is from cork county which is where my um my grandmother who lived to be 100 years old her um family came from cork county and so there was a lot of like there was a really good connection there he told me that it's cork and then the rest of ireland so now i understand i didn't understand that previously so thanks to the, those guys shout out yeah ant is such a good dude noel such a good dude we've had them on the podcast before just wonderful wonderful guys Ant, he's a riot man if, if he ever makes it over to the states we're gonna have to have him over for a game and it's gonna be a blast i got a couple to give uh kevin kadek first and foremost uh, it was great to have him on uh at the, at the beginning of the show um again midway minute i i wish i would have said this when he was here midway minute is awesome that website is phenomenal and the stuff that they do brendan is a big part of it I, it's just it's really really cool huskies on tap uh the, my guys over at huskies on tap i got a follow back from them for my nau huskies who are mac west champs yet again it is ridiculous how often it happens uh they they're they've already got you know ridiculous record when it comes to the mac west headed to detroit for the mac championship again i am thrilled to watch this team their quarterback is a junior so we've got a full other year and uh, just a very very young roster and so hopefully going to have some success for a while uh thomas hammock uh, niu alum is doing a great job over there I got to give a special shout out to Brendan Shagru. He did a phenomenal job. He had Spice Adams. Yes, Anthony Spice Adams on the podcast. Uh, he hosted it for us. I think he did a phenomenal job. You can go back and listen to that episode. It's right before this one. Uh, and it just was really, really fun to hear the, you know, Spice getting real serious at moments, but also having some fun, especially when you were talking about toilet paper. Uh, that just seems to happen a lot on this podcast. And then, folks, I've got to give a very special shout out to the furry ogre 
who gave us a five-star review uh, for this podcast. And so just whoever you are, Furry Ogre, thank you very much. That, that means a lot. And it really does help to widen our audience, uh, which we say all the time. Folks, thank you. For all of you who are listening, we appreciate you so, so very much. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you love what you hear, you can buy us a beer. You can go and do that right now. You can go to beardownreport.com, head to the podcast section, click on any of the episodes, and you can buy us a round of beers. That would be absolutely awesome. We would love it. Um, or you can write a five-star review. Any of those things would really help to widen our audience, and we appreciate all of you so very much. For Patrick Sheldon. Brendan Chagru and Jack Wright. I am Ryan Dangle. For all of us at the Baron Report, thank you so much. And as always, folks, bear down. <laughs>